Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Live from the Whitehall Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Dawson Wise, and we're happy to have Max Pennell back with us in the studio. Welcome back, Max. Howdy. Happy to have you back on, man. Uh, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join our show today as we get you prepared for the Vols battle with the Tigers at Food City Center tonight. Later on in the hour, we'll also talk about Tennessee's temporary restraining order being denied. Um, also, our best bets at the end of the hour, as always. But want to begin with this, and it's Tennessee and LSU tonight. The sixth-ranked Tennessee men's basketball team returns to Knoxville to face the LSU Tigers Wednesday night um, at Food City Center. Uh, Tip-off is scheduled for 7 p.m. Eastern time, so about in an hour. Um, Wednesday's game features the Vols, 16-5, 6-2 in the SEC, coming off their best win of the season on the road against Kentucky. And the Tigers, 12-9, 4-4 in the SEC, off a 95-74 route over Arkansas on Saturday. Uh, Tennessee has won its last two games against LSU, both by 14-plus points. Um, take a quick glance at the Kempom rankings. Uh, Tennessee is sixth overall, 16th in adjusted offense, third in adjusted defense. LSU, on the other hand, 80th overall, 96th in adjusted offense, and 62nd in adjusted defense. Um, guys, we'll bring everyone in here. Keys to the game tonight for the Vols. Max, we'll begin with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's starting fast is huge. We saw... Last week, I know South Carolina was a is a much more formidable opponent than LSU is, um, but you know Tennessee was similar point favorite last week at home against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We saw how the the slow start really kind of mounted, and I, I felt like in that game they let South Carolina dictate the style of that game for really the first fifty seven minutes, and then it was three minutes left. Oh, Dalton connects on our team. Let's get him involved. Yeah. Um. So I think you got to be able to start fast. You get a team like this that's struggling. They're not going anywhere. You know, maybe they're playing for an NIT berth at this point of the yeah. season. Um, so I think if you get started fast, make them fl- play from behind and play your game. Tennessee will be in good shape. I just worry about you know if LSU gets ahead, do they get to dictate how the remaining first half and possibly the second half goes? So start fast. I think another thing, Adu's got to stay out of foul trouble. That's one thing that's always worried me this season. We've seen it rear its ugly head at times. Um, less so in conference play. But, you know, guys like Estrella and Awaka, you know, I'm a fan of them, but they're not what Adu is. And you wonder if Adu gets in foul trouble, how does the depth play out? So I think him staying out of foul trouble and getting off to a fast start and kind of dictating the style of this game is huge. For me, I, first one I have written down is take care of business. 
Uh, you know, same thing applied to South Carolina. You need to win these games. You don't need to be losing to teams like this. Uh, mid mid tier, bottom tier SEC teams. You don't need to be losing these games. Uh, dictate the flow, set the tone, take care of your business. We talked about it yesterday a lot. You need to take care of business in these midweek games. Uh, paint defense needs to be good. Will Baker, we'll talk about him in a minute, a seven-footer. Yeah. Jalen Reed, 6'10", also down low. They share uh, the main scoring down low for LSU. Uh, for Adu Awaka and Estrella, this is another chance to get better down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But you need to get better down there. You, you can start doing that tonight against a team that's not quite as good as some you'll see later in the year. Uh, and then continue offensive success. You're on a roll. You scored triple digits at Rupp. Uh, everybody had a lot of shots. Uh, the offense looked like it was flowing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it moved fast. Uh, everybody was just hitting big buckets uh, all game long. Keep that going. Continue that pattern. Uh, you should have no excuse uh, than to do that in a game like this. So uh, hit your shots, start fast, take care of business, and play good uh, paint defense. Yeah, first for me, continue the momentum. A big win on Saturday against Kentucky. Now back at home against an inferior SEC team. We've talked over the last couple of weeks about how important it is to handle business against these teams that could creep up on you. We saw it last week against South Carolina. Can't have that tonight against LSU. Back at home, coming off your worst shooting performance of the season at home last game, um, you'd hope tonight they get back in their groove and a little bit of home cooking. So, continue the momentum. Uh, Secondly, would love to see a continuation of these role guys and Josiah Jordan-James get back involved and maybe not match the performance he had against Kentucky, but continue with double-digit points. Just 10 points, something that helps the team out so we're not – so we're not having a, a situation like we had last week with Connect having 31 of Tennessee's 59. Can't have that. Um, so just getting those guys like Jordan Ganey, Josiah Jordan-James, Santiago Vescovi, getting those guys continue to be involved in the offense. It goes a long way long-term and down the end of the season. Um, also would like to see Dawn Connect get going again tonight. Um, didn't have a bad game against Kentucky, but – with what we've seen from him over the last seven games, it was a little bit of a step back. And, and again, something we've talked about is, you know, Tennessee doesn't have to be too Dalton Connect reliant. Like, don't force feed him the ball. But I like to see him get more aggressive again tonight and get back in his groove that he was in over the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, finally, defensively, uh, they got a couple really good guards. Tennessee has struggled against some good guard play uh, recently in SEC play. We saw it against Georgia. We saw a little bit of it against Vanderbilt. We saw it against South Carolina. And we saw it against Kentucky as well. Kentucky shot the jeans off of it uh, with with their guard play. Uh, but they were able to just withstand that that Kentucky run. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for that as well. And also Josiah or uh, Jonas Adu has got to stay out of foul trouble facing a big seven-foot center. We've seen that matchup a couple times this season and it hasn't gone well. So stay out of foul trouble and, and just control the glass in a, in, in a way that's not going to lose you the game. So those are my keys to the game tonight. Um, let's talk more about Ziegler and Josiah Jordan-James. Uh, Ziegler posted a co-career high 26 points, career-best 13 assists, and a game-leading three steals in the win against Kentucky. Josiah Jordan-James, a guy we've been waiting for to have a big performance, had one against Kentucky, career-best 26 points against the Wildcats. After only totaling 21 in the first seven SEC games of the year, what can we expect from the supporting cast tonight, Max? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's unrealistic, obviously, to expect 20-plus points from those guys night in, night out. Josiah coming into that game against Kentucky was averaging three points per game in conference play. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely an anomaly. Um, I'm, I'm more inclined to think that he falls back down, maybe yeah. hopefully not all the way to three mm-hmm. points per game, but that the number is in the single digits. I think it's more so just how efficient are these guys? Because we know Dalton Connect, you mentioned it, 
you know, he's going to take a lot of shots, and, and everyone is okay with that. That's probably the, the recipe for success for Tennessee. But guys like Vescovi, Josiah, and Ziegler, how efficient are they when they shoot, you know, Josiah, he might score seven points per game, but if he's two of five, you know, one of three from behind the arc, I think you'll take that. And they, they got to hit the open shots. We saw that against South Carolina really cost Tennessee until Dalton Connect kind of got the team single-handedly, you know, back in that game towards the end. But, you know, guys were missing uncontested three-pointers, uncontested mid-range shots, layups even. Um, so I think Ziegler probably has – to me, the higher ceiling of being someone that night in, night out can give you 15 points. I don't think Josiah is going to do that. In, in matchup specifically, LSU is holding teams to 29% from three in conference play. This is a game, you know, similar to South Carolina, where it felt like, okay, there's a lot of open shots to be made. We just weren't hitting them. We'll see if that trend continues for LSU. If we can knock down some open threes, and if we do, it's going to be guys like the the ones you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, solid efforts for me. Uh, you don't need dominant performances. You don't need 25 uh, out of each tonight. You just need consistency. Uh, you need double digits, I think, from a couple of them. Maybe uh, you'd like to see uh, Ganey, Vescovy, and, and Josiah all getting to double digits tonight. doesn't have to happen, but you'd really love to see that. Uh, and then the second thing I had written down was just consistent. You mm-hmm. want this to become consistent. Uh, we've seen it a couple times, but it hasn't yet become a pattern. Uh, you're going to need it to become a pattern. Uh, tonight against a, again, not a really a you know Vanderbilt-level opponent but uh, you know a mid-tier SEC team and a midweek at home Mm -hmm. uh, this is a great opportunity to just make it a consistent thing do it back-to-back games show us you can do it build your confidence back up Um, so for me it's consistent and solid efforts yeah I think for Josiah Jordan James it's it's continuing that aggression he had on Saturday which is something he had early on in the season it was like we were seeing a different version of Josiah um, and then now as we've got into the SEC play uh, we've really seen a lack of aggression and that was um you know, the polar opposite of what he did against Kentucky. He was aggressive, attacking the basket, finding a shot. Um, just need that. Need aggression, need confidence. And if that parlays to 10 points, that's great. Um, I just want consistency, like you said, but also continuing to show aggression. Uh, in Ziegler's case, you know, Ziegler's been really good in the new year in, in 2024, struggled at the early part of the year, uh, but has really had a good stretch of basketball as of late. I, I look for him to continue that again tonight um, and, and be a pest defensively, like he was against Kentucky. Got a couple really good guards we'll talk about here in a second for LSU. Continue to be a pest for them. Make life hard for them to score. Um, so, out of those two, continue that. And Viscovi, we've seen a really consistent stretch out of him recently as well. Just putting up 10 yeah. points a night. Doesn't have to be anything special, but just putting up those consistent 10-point double-digit marks, that's what helps the team in the long run. Max, you want to add something? Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there with Josiah being aggressive. That's what I noticed uh, in that Kentucky game. And the difference between him and the rest of the guys you mentioned, Ziegler, Viscovi, Ganey, etc., He's the only guy who can really consistently score in the paint and around the paint out of those guys. Yeah. Vescovi's pretty much a pick-and-pop type of guy, catch-and-shoot. Ziegler, just because of his size, can't really yeah. get to the rim or you know hit tough mid-range shots around the paint area. And Ganey's also pretty much a three-point shooter. And that that's what I noticed in that Kentucky game is it added another dimension to that offense mm-hmm. where, oh, here's a guy other than connect that can blow by a guy and pull up with a defender in his face in the mid-range game. So that's another thing, like you said, I, I think that I'd really like to see from him going forward. Whether it translates to mm-hmm. 20 points or not doesn't really concern me. It's just, is that layer of the offense yeah. uh, involved with him? Yeah, and another guy that's been really hot this season is Don Connect. We've talked all about him. Uh, has 207 points in his last seven contests, averaging 
30 points per game. The fact that that's real is ridiculous. <laughs> um, will Dominant DK return at home tonight? Max? I think so. I think this is also a game, though, where if things go, you know, if Vegas is on the right side here and it's around a 14, 15 point game, it might be a situation where later in the game they try to get him a little bit of a breather. We saw against Kentucky, actually, even towards the end of that game, they had him sitting in, in Meshack in for him just to get him, you know, some extra rest. It's a long season. Um, I, I would expect 20-plus from him tonight. LSU is, is not very good defensively, no. and they're going on the road as well. I think Dalton Connect will get his, but I'm not I'm not anticipating a game where we need him to score 35, so I'm not sure he will. Yeah, it depends on their scheme, I think, how they, they go to uh, defend them. Uh, it's same with Kentucky. Kentucky kind of threw everything they had at him early in the game. You had to go to other options. If LSU does that, you might have to go to other options. Maybe he's down 15 to 20 again. Uh, but this feels like a game where you can just feed him the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on your home court. He's been lights out on home court. Uh, if you get a chance, feed him the ball. See what he can do. I, I think he could get up inside of 30, 35 tonight. Uh, we don't need him to, but it's a, a statement game. This is one of those games you can go make a statement for SEC Player of the Year, get back in the conversation for National Player of the Year, um, and have a big performance and carry a lot of the load if you so choose uh, if the game gets a little bit wider in the second half. Yeah, you know, I, my thing is just don't force him into right. just trying to will his way into putting up points. I know the the SEC Player of the Year is in his head, and I know the uh, Player of the Year, National Player of the Year, has been floated around as well. But you can't let that get to you and change the way you approach the game. And I'm not saying that he has – but I will say in that South Carolina game, and one thing we harped on late game was how you know it, it seemed like it was uh, one on five out there with the the four other Tennessee players just kind of sitting there with their hands in their pockets, um, watching Don Connect do what he can do. Um, so I don't want it to be like that, but I want him to continue to just find his groove and what he's done in this offense all year. I think this is a, not a, a bounce back opportunity because he didn't have a bad game against Kentucky, but just an opportunity to kind of continue his run tonight against a inferior defensive opponent back at home, some home cooking. Um, I, I think we can see uh, Connect get back in that 20 area in, in points. Um, now let's talk about the other side. Uh, senior guard Jalen Cook and graduate student guard um, or student transfer uh, Jordan Wright are co-leading LSU and scoring at 15.5 points per game. Uh, Wright also paces the Tigers in assists with 2.8 and rebounds with 5.2. Uh, how important is it for the Vols to counter the Tigers' front-loaded backcourt, Max? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something, and you mentioned it's been a bugaboo of sorts for this defense, um, if there is one. And I, I think that Kentucky game in large part was due to just, you know, NBA-level talent making NBA-level shots. You know, Dillingham and Shepard were making shots that very few players in college basketball are going to make on a nightly basis. But certainly, um, you know, Cook and Wright are both guys that can beat you from the outside. And Tennessee's got to know that Will Baker is really their only interior threat. Um, so you just got to make sure. I, I think another thing with Tennessee, too, that, that they're very good at under Rick Barnes in the same way this year limiting second chance opportunities and if they can do that tonight and keep these guys you know cheap fouls too is another thing that can always in a a game where you're favored by 14 allow a team to hang around so I think they got to contain these guys and if they do I don't really see enough from the interior presence of LSU to keep up with Tennessee tonight it's 
it's kind of similar to the to the role player situation, just something that they've struggled with all year, and they've never really showed an ability to do it or do it consistently. Uh, the Georgia and Vandy games were, were not good in terms mm-hmm. of defending the guard play, defending high-scoring guards yeah. uh, at that. Kentucky, you had Rob Dillingham and Shepard. Both were unconscious in yeah. that game. There's not much you can do about them. But you know, in games against these teams, LSU, Vandy, Georgia, when you're struggling to, to lock down guards from those teams, I mean, that's a problem, mm-hmm. which you got to solve. Uh, tonight, another opportunity, again, on home floor, fly around and make plays. I, I feel like I say this every time we're at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, be aggressive. Fly around. Make plays. You know, Be pests. We know Ziegler can do it. Um, get your other guys involved. Be pests. Force turnovers. Um, and, and, and contain those guys. Do like he did against Alabama. Mm-hmm. We've seen him do it once. It's the same thing with the role players. Just make it consistent. Yeah. Um, so, look, one, one thing I'm looking for, and really in, in a lot of these recent matchups, is how well they defend the perimeter. Now, uh, LSU from the top of the key is shooting 31% on the year, but they're hot in the in the corner, shooting 45.3%, which is plus 10% better than the um, average Division One team. Um, so defending the corners has been sometimes um, something that's been a problem with Tennessee recently, and it's a lot of off-ball uh, defense that sometimes uh, they just lose their – I guess lose where they are on the court, lose their personnel, lose their man. Um, so just being disciplined defensively, knowing where your players are, knowing where your man is, just being disciplined I think is one big thing to look at. Um, and also being a pest like they were at, at times in Kentucky. Um, just look, obviously Dillingham and Shepard were able to go off, but a couple of those plays were severely impacted by Zakai Ziegler just making them a little uncomfortable. Um, and both these guys for LSU have been in there for a while uh, or been playing college basketball for a while, I should say. So it's not like they're going to be knocked off their game, but just make life a little bit harder for them and know where your personnel is and defend the perimeter the right way at home. Um, let's also talk about Will Baker, a guy that y'all have both mentioned. Seven-foot senior, uh, averages 12 a night for the Tigers with five rebounds as well. Uh, the seven-footer, when I, when I first saw that, that's when I say, okay, well, uh, looking at the track record of Tennessee this season against some bigs, and now Baker's not as talented as these names, but you know Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, Amarno Baycott, um, Tolu Smith was a guy that caused a lot of problems in that Mississippi State game. Um, are y'all worried for a matchup down low against the seven-footer tonight, Max? I am not overly worried. I think you know we touched on how their guards are really the catalyst for this team. I think they know that hey, if they're going to come in here and win, and also seeing the way South Carolina beat us behind the arc. Um, they probably feel and Kentucky, you know that that's the recipe for success for LSU. Um, the the thing, and I said at the opening, you know, just staying out of foul trouble. That's where I worry is does Baker mm-hmm. get a couple cheap ones on Adu early, and then guys like Awaka and Estrella are having to get their playing time lengthened out. I actually am very familiar with Will Baker. Um, he played at Nevada up okay. until now, yeah. and bet on too many late night uh, Mountain West games. So <laughs> Will Bigger, if he still, if I am correct, he still wears a headband and has really long hair. Um, but no, not overly worried, just more so the foul trouble issue. And, and you mentioned, William, I wanted to touch on that because I thought it was a really good point. The, the corner three defense. Mm-hmm. And that's something last year, you know, Tennessee, they weren't as good as they are this year, but the defense, at least, you know, points per game wise, field goal percentage wise, was a little better. And the three point defense, I remember going really late, you know, maybe SEC tournament time, they were still holding teams under 30% from three, Mm -hmm. and I felt like some of that was luck because I did notice, you know, there were guys just missing open shots, and I feel like this year there's been a little bit of regression to the mean there. And and guys, like I noticed in the the South Carolina game, um, in the Kentucky game for that matter, 
it, it a lot of it feels like the off ball help. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy, yes. a, a mm-hmm. offensive player will be in the corner, and whoever the guard, usually a guard guarding him, guy drives in the lane, he'll help. Guy kicks it out, open three. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Will Baker. You know, other than the foul trouble issue, I, I don't see him being a guy that's going to put up the numbers that Baycott and Tolu Smith and those kind of guys mm-hmm. did against yeah. us. Not overly worried, uh, like Max said. You know, worried, yes. Struggled with it all year. And it's not even for me, guys like Edie and Dickinson. It's guys like B.J. Mack for, mm-hmm. for sure, South Carolina, yeah. Yeah. who I wasn't overly worried about him in that game either. Uh, and he proceeds to be a big force down low for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So uh, even guys I haven't worried about, we've struggled against. So yeah. you have to consider it. These guys need a confidence boost. I mean, Adu needs to shut one of these guys down at some point, uh, especially as we start to loom towards postseason. You need to know you can shut these guys down, mm-hmm. especially if the bracketology comes true and you're in the same region as Purdue. You're yeah. going to see Zach Eady again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to start uh, shutting these guys down. They have a propensity to lose to – they, they do have a yeah. <laughs> they do have a pattern of losing to teams they have no business losing to, but you still have to consider the opportunity at least that you yeah. see those guys again. You need to show us you can do it. You're running out of chances to do it. You could start it tonight. And can we get a better atmosphere tonight? Oh, that South absolutely. Carolina game, it was, it, it was like a library oh, until two minutes to go. Well, look, I, I think this is something that we've you know we talked about last year when when the the basketball season first started. Um, how the crowd seems like it's a um, you know, AARP meeting down yeah. low. Um, and look, yeah. I, I mean, the, the uh, Danny White's been very outspoken. And, or he actually replied to someone recently mm-hmm. about he did, how yeah. it helps out um, that the students are now behind a skinny post behind the two goals. I disagree. Yeah. Um, as a student that was there for both the um, – when it was kind of the – very similar to how it is in Neyland where you're in that corner. That's how it was in TBA my freshman year. Yep. And then um, <laughs> I remember pulling up to the – to the game, the first game of the season last year, and I was like, "What the hell? Why are we behind the goal now?" Um, so right. I, I guess it adds more fans. But when you look at all these environments around college basketball, Kansas State the other night, prime example. Oh yeah, Kansas State wins that game because of how deafening it is, and all their students are right up on top of the players. You know, the Cameron Crazies, Duke, the reason why it's such a historic venue. I think the, Auburn is the same way too. Auburn, right? yeah, all these places. It's hard to win at because of the the, the sixth man. Um, with, with the fans and your youngest, loudest fans are your students. And when you pack them all in close to the court, you're going to get a good environment. Um, and, and having overflow up into the, the rafters, I think, is a horrible idea um, because that just totally takes out a, a loud group of your fan base. And, you know, they're all just sitting there texting, no reason to get up. You're already standing up and, you know uh, – 200 miles up in the in the stands <laughs> yeah. there's no reason yeah. to stand up um but yeah I, I love a better environment as well and going back to adu um i think it just goes back to being disciplined and staying out of foul trouble you know that's something where tennessee this year when they've gotten in trouble they've been in foul trouble um and that's also a product of having a, a very thin depth at the five position um and now we can maybe see estrella get back and you know maybe get some reps there as the season goes on but right now as it stands not ready to fill those minutes, I feel like. Um, so you don't want to have a situation where you've got Mayshack having to guard him or Josiah Jordan-James having to guard him. That, that doesn't work. Um, so just being disciplined, uh, hands up, don't bring him down. A, a very simple um, you know, coaching technique. But seriously, you can't have a guy in, like, in Adu uh, foul out against a big seven-footer. So, um, look, I, I think this is a, a good spot for Tennessee tonight to, to get another one in the SEC. Um, as we've talked about, um, look, 
Uh, North Carolina struggled last night, weren't able to lose, but Kansas lost to Kansas State earlier in the week. If you're trying to move up and get that one seed, you've got a couple of teams helping you out right now. You've got to make sure you stand on your business, as as uh, Jay said. <laughs> uh, Jay said business yesterday. <laughs> stand on your business, uh, especially when you're at home. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about Tennessee's temporary restraining order denied. We'll be right back on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. It's time for the North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. Brought to you by North Knox Siding and Windows. Call 865-689-0505 or visit them online at northknocksidingandwindows.com. This week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week is Webb High School's Drake Ingram. Ingram led the Spartans to a win in a big rivalry game 65-52 over Catholic last week. The senior guard led the way for Webb with 22 points as the Spartans improved to 20-4 on the season. Webb School of Knoxville's Drake Ingram this week's North Knox Siding and Windows High School Basketball Player of the Week. North Knox Siding and Windows, locally owned and operated. They can handle all of your siding, window, gutter, and roofing needs. Call 865-689-0505 for a free estimate or go online at northknocksidingandwindows.com. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz a compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice-activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes, this vehicle's all electric, the feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at MBUSA.com EQB. That's MBUSA.com EQB. 
All right, back here on Overtime on a Wednesday night. almost said Thursday. I'm, I'm getting my days mixed up. Wednesday <laughs> night here on Overtime from Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, let's get into Tennessee's temporary restraining order. Um, it has been denied, and last week the states of Tennessee and Virginia uh, filed a lawsuit against the NCAA in a federal court challenging the organization's ban on using name, image, and likeness in recruiting. Now, the suit came the day after news broke that the NCAA was investigating the University of Tennessee and Spire Sports, a collective unofficially associated with the volunteers, and it is actively uh, in recruiting specifically around Nico Imaliava. Um, Tennessee and Virginia did not get the requested temporary uh, restraining order uh, against the NCAA um, regarding NIL rules, but the judge's statement was far from bad news uh, for the state. So U.S. District Judge Clifton Corker did not agree with the states that there would be irreparable harm if a TRO was not granted against the NCAA's rules prohibiting NIL compensation from being used as a recruitment inducement. The judge, however, also stated, quote, considering the evidence before the court, plaintiffs are likely to succeed on the merits of their case under the Sherman Antitrust Act. So Tennessee Attorney General uh, John Scrimetti said that the judge's acknowledgement that the NCAA can be held liable for any harm negated the need for a TRO. Um, And Tennessee says, quote, uh, they remain committed to protecting the rights of our student athletes. We look forward to litigating this case and enforcing the law. Um, I think in, in a sense here, this is a little bit of a victory for Tennessee. Now, I know it was denied. And this is a small victory for the NCAA, but I think that they're saying if you take this to court, you're most likely going to win. So this is a small win for the NCAA, but I think big picture, I think you have the, the grounds of a of a winning court case here. Will this be a short-lived victory for the NCAA? Max, we'll begin with you. Yeah, you know, I feel like we need a, a resident lawyer on retainer or something here to break well, down so, all this stuff. So we've, we've had Patrick on a, a couple of times, and he, he gives us all the, the lingo uh, above my pay grade. Um, he actually I, – I received the TRO last week, and, and we broke it down as well. He he had a lot better analysis than I, I did, bet, yeah. a, a lot of high-level words. But he's done, he's done a great job with it, calling in and talking about it. But we do need – we need a, a correspondent to come in and talk yes. about our, our, our legal matters. Back, back to you, Max. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think this is, it seems like everything involving the NCAA too, it's going to be a long drawn out process. I mean, Bill Self, I'm pretty sure was suspended this year for like something that happened in 2019 or 2020. Like this is not, even if before this even happened, I felt like whatever sanctions that come from this is going to be after Nico's gone. Like that's just how the NCAA moves. They (laughs) move at a snail's pace. Um, you know, I, I think Based on the way you broke it down, yes, Tennessee is the way I view it is you bring it to court, Tennessee will probably win. You know, the NCA is not going to have much of a case. So now how does the NCA go about handling that? And that's really the next big question. Do they risk bringing it to court and then losing and kind of defaming the, their organization? Or do they say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll put this on the back burner. Um, so I, I think if you're a Tennessee fan, um, someone involved with the, the program, the athletics, you view this as, like you said, a small victory. Okay, you didn't win the war, but you won the battle kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's been a panic in the fan base uh, reading just the first part where it says, yeah. oh, the big headline, the, the request got denied, mm-hmm. uh, and and not reading down to that last statement where, where the judge literally says, if this goes to court, you're, you're likely going to win. 
so I feel like there's been a little bit of a panic um, saying, oh, well, this is hopeless. Well, well, you know, they're, they're going to take Nico away from us. Mm-hmm. Patience, I think, is big. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot of time. It's, again, probably Nico's probably going to be in the NFL by the time yeah. this is over with. Um, so fans need to be patient. Uh, we're going to get the, the right result, but it's going to take time. Uh, just trust the process. The admin and council are are very very confident, mm-hmm. uh, and I would trust that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this feels very short lived. The NCAA is already grasping at that little bit of power that they have mm-hmm. left. We talked about that last week. They know their time's running out to control this stuff. Uh, they're going to try to be aggressive on it. I think maybe at least in narrative's sake. I don't know if they'll take this to court. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would at this point if I were them. Uh, but they're going to try to restore. Uh, some sense of control will they be able to i don't think so yeah when you read the headline it sounds a lot worse than it actually is it's like a man gets hit by car and then you go down and read and figure out he was only hit at like a two mile per hour right um so i i think this is a a good sign for tennessee and now it kind of puts um the power back in tennessee's hands yes it was denied but the guy saying, hey, if this goes to court, you're most likely going to win. So now that puts a decision for the NCAA. Do they want to, as you said, do they want to try and try this in, in trial? Or do they just say, you know what, hey, you know what, let's just back off. You know what, let's just call it a, call it a day uh, and, and you got us. You know, let it go. It'd be very interesting because there's a lot on the line if they decide to go to court and they lose. And then who knows where the NCAA stands after that. Um, because one thing we've talked about is – Look, the bowl games are not owned by the NCAA. The college ball playoff has nothing to do with the NCAA. The TV deals, the money makers for these conferences have nothing to do with the NCAA. So if there were ever a situation where, and now we saw an alliance last week with the SEC and Big Ten, you get a couple more of these conferences involved, you've got all your money makers, they could just say, to hell with this, we've got everything we need, we're going to go do our own thing. Um, so I think the NCA might think about that in the back of their head before they try and continue with this process. Um, but I, I do think this is a short-lived victory for the NCA, and long-term, uh, this does bode well for Tennessee. Uh, let's head to the phones, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. We've got Roberto on the line. What's up, Roberto? Good evening, gents. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Long time you know talking. I now, know, For man. a couple of weeks here. Yeah, happy to have you um, on. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, love the show. Uh, man, it, the NCAA would do well as to back away here. Yes. And they, their, their own arrogance is about to hang themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what's about to happen. You know, um, I'm, I'm blown away that they don't see it, too. It's almost like they don't see it. Yeah. And here's what happened. The whole Harbaugh things happened, right? Uh, you guys, the old adage is, uh, you know, Cleveland State got Cleveland State gets the death penalty because Auburn cheats in football, mm-hmm. right? Cleveland State basketball gets the death penalty. Yeah. Well, Tennessee has been the brand because, like, Tennessee's brand is huge, right? Yeah. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has been the brand whipping boy for a long time. They've needed a brand whipping boy, mm-hmm. and we've been it for two decades. Yeah, and we have. An admin, top to bottom, left to right, that said, no more. Yeah. You know, we played by your game because we were bent over the barrel with the Jeremy Pruitt thing. We played your game. But what they didn't realize is, I don't think they realize they're dealing with a guy that is a billionaire. Like, yeah. the, the guy at the very top is a ba 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 billionaire. <laughs> you don't get to ba 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 billionaire status 
without being very savvy. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, I, and, I agree, yeah. I mean, they, they, they're running up against one Randall Boyd, and that dude, he knows sports better than the freaking president of the NCAA. I guarantee it. Yeah. I guarantee he knows more about sports than that guy does, and I damn well guarantee he knows more about running a business. Yeah. You know, I, and I, he knows. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Well, I was just going to say, he also knows when he doesn't have his cards, mm-hmm. and he knows when he has the cards. You know, you know, and uh, what do they say in poker? You got the nuts, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and he knows he is. It's already been adjudicated. Brett Kavanaugh told you this was going to happen three years ago. Brett Kavanaugh is a justice of the United States Supreme Court. Yeah. Literally one of the nine most influential people in law in the world. Mm-hmm. And he told you this was going to happen. Yeah. Randy Boyd knows that. Danny White knows that. Donnie Plow will know that. It's over yeah. before it even started. Yeah, you know, when they came out with those statements last week, um, I, we all thought it was a really good sign because it showed that they were yeah. willing to step out right away and, and make those statements, very fiery statements. and Very it, incendiary. Yeah. Very incendiary. Yeah, and if yep. you're willing to make that public right away, that's saying that you know that you are in the right here and you do not break these rules or, or whatever you're being told you broke. They know they were in the right, and, and, and multiple people coming out about it saying they're in the right publicly, I thought was a very telltale sign of how this thing may go. And, and going back yeah. to the NCA and just how this whole thing has happened, the fact that this has not crossed their desk until two years after the fact uh, I think is ridiculous. Now they're trying to go back and amend things. You can't adjudicate something that didn't exist. Exactly. That's not how law works. This isn't. This isn't Sri Lanka. Exactly. <laughs> my my um my my uh my phrase for it last week was it's like a teacher telling you you did your homework wrong two years later, um and 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 trying to make a big deal out of it. And the it's exactly what the NCA has done. But there was no guideline for yeah. the homework originally. Yes, exactly, exactly. She goes back and says, "Well, that was a true false thing." I said, "You said no, it was an essay. Exactly. It was one question. It was essay question. No, it was true false." Yeah, exactly. It's literally it's like apples and pears and oranges. <laughs> yeah, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, guys. I'm not. I, I mean, I was like, I was poli sci in history at Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And I thought I wanted to be an attorney, and then I realized I'm not an a hole. <laughs> so, um, uh, and I'm not full of myself. God love you, Davey. Yeah. Uh, but I, maybe I am full of myself a little bit. But nonetheless, um, I just, it's so obvious. All you have to do is have reading comprehension mm-hmm. and, and, and the smallest modicum of emotional quotient. Yeah. Like, if, if, somebody that is so powerful that they literally can't lose their job in the federal government Mm -hmm. until they die or they decide to retire tells you this is going, you are going to lose, make preparations now three years ago and you don't. And then you try to take it out on one of your member institutions. That's what's the damnable thing. Here's all these morons. So I was, I was out in Florida all week. Uh I was at Disney and then I was at a work conference and I had friends everywhere and, People from all over the country know I'm a huge Tennessee fan. Mm-hmm. And they were giving me crap. And they're like, yeah, Tennessee's going down. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no, no, no. If Tennessee loses, you all lose too. You realize that, right? Yeah. 
Well, because that means the NCAA takes back all the power, and you lose too. Exactly, you stupid dunderheads. (laughs) People don't understand it. They just they just want to point fingers, right? And they don't understand that this has so much more to do with the law, yeah, than it does to do with college football or college baseball or college basketball or my college versus your college. Yes, I hate you. Yes, you can hate me. But on this, we need to be united. Yeah. Well, I think it's the NCAA trying to gain their power back after they've, you know, they they decided that they were going to let NIL happen and they decided to let it go. And I guess they were a little bit salty that they didn't really have the the full control over it and decision over it. Um, and they just because well, they already lost. This. Yes. they already lost this once. Exa- like it's exactly. not even exactly. That's why exactly. And, and then they go to their they go to their perpetual branded whipping boy, which is us. Yeah. It's the Tennessee brand. Everybody, I mean, guys, if anything hits the news about the University of Tennessee, I, I within one hour, will have 100 texts and, and DMs <laughs> and stuff like that. I, without, within an hour. Well, I, I think you and, need... and it's because Tennessee's brand is so huge and our fan base is so loyal. Yeah. And they think they can just sit there and piss on us and kick us and beat us down. This doesn't happen to other schools, guys. It does not. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, I think, and really, I'm so over it. I'm and, sorry. I'm no, you're good. No, you're good. No, I, I, I totally understand. I, I tell some of your friends to read the the full article too before they go and and text you all these things because well, really, if you know the people I hang out with, the reading comprehension is really not a thing anyway. <laughs> but, uh, there you go. Uh, um, but no, if you read the whole article, it basically the judge literally goes, um, "I'm doing. Look at." I think what he was doing, I'm sorry, guys, I, I'm just so fired up about this because I just talked to an attorney buddy like 20 minutes ago. No, too. all good, all good. Uh, the judge extended an olive branch to the NCAA mm-hmm. and basically was like, please don't do this to yourself. Yeah, It's like looking at your friend who's an alcoholic and saying, don't pick that up. Yeah, Don't, don't pick up that bottle. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I know what you're about to do. Don't do it. And that's what this guy is doing. He's like, you're literally about to kill yourself. Yeah, and I'm asking you not to. I'm giving you a favorable judgment so that you won't. Yeah, and they're going. You watch this, guys. I guarantee it. Those sons of bitches, excuse my French, are uh, so arrogant. They're- yeah, I can't um, can't do that. Unfortunately, uh, sorry. Thank you so much for calling, in, Roberto. <laughs> I we all feel your frustration. Unfortunately, can't have that on the airways. Uh, but always feel free to call back in uh, anytime. We appreciate your call. Um, we're all fired up about this situation too. Um, and, and going right back to um, you know how this affects Tennessee now. Um, do you think with all this noise, is that going to affect the preparation for Tennessee this upcoming season, Max? I don't think so. It, it really shouldn't. And with the 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 united front they have, I think that makes it a lot easier too. There's less quandary around this of oh you know where do we stand on this what's going to happen the fact everyone's back them kind of tells me they'll be all right yeah i agree it, it should not uh right you know you did the right thing uh everybody in that building knows that they have done the right thing no wrongdoing the, the admin knows that the council knows that the team knows that the coaches know it uh you, you can't let it get in the program uh you know shut it out focus on the football uh if you don't focus on the football it's it's disaster, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you, your season falls apart. So just focus on what you can control. Mm-hmm. Go out there, put a good product on the field. Heck, use it to stick it to the NCAA if you really want to. Say, all yeah. right, well, hey, you want to come after us? We're going to win 11 games and go to the college football playoff. And, you know, we're, we're going to use that as a statement towards the NCAA. Let it fire you up. I yeah. think it will. Yeah. Uh, it Michigan. should. 
Do what? Like Michigan. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, like you know, where they're tweeting bet before the before the year starts. Harbaugh gets suspended. They go on to win the national championship. Let it do something like that. That's more powerful than any like talking amongst yourselves about this could do. Well, you know, Michigan fought through it all year. I mean, at the beginning of the season, they had stuff from the COVID year that affected them. Uh, Harbaugh missed those first three games, and then the uh, sign stealing gate affected them. Harbaugh missing more time. Um, it, it hindered them throughout the year, but they stayed focused and stayed locked in on their actual goal, and that was winning a national championship, and they did that to a T with um, great defense and, and trust in themselves. Um, so I think Tennessee has to kind of block out all this noise, and I know right now for, for Tennessee football talk, it's the most talked about topic. No one's really talking about the team right now. I know it's you know the spring or you know early spring, right. um, but still, you know, uh, the, the, the – uh, the the news has been dominated by this scandal, so I, I think just staying focused, you know, preparing or make, uh, you know, preparing, preparing is the word I should say, <laughs> preparing uh, for the spring game and, and beyond. I think it, it should be Tennessee's um, uh, plan right now, and and just control what you can control. Can't control what goes on in court or outside of, of the football field. So um, just stay locked in, and I think Tennessee will. When we come back, we'll do our best bets. Stay right here on Overtime. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 866-3434 or visit smathletics.com Get the best for your team delivered right and on time So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axelogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics, now is your time. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Back here on Overtime on a Wednesday night. It's time for our best bets. And uh, Max Out Your Winnings is back in the house as well. Uh, so best bets slash Max Out Your Winnings with Max back here uh, tonight. I'll begin with my first one, and we're going Creighton Moneyline. Now, look, uh, Creighton had a really bad loss on, on Friday to Butler, uh, but the Blue Jays entered the contest top 30 in both offensive and defensive efficiency, have the clear advantage on both sides. And I think their balance as a team makes this team a potential Final Four team if they're able to string some games together. Um, but they need a bounce-back win tonight on the road against Providence. I know it's a small number. I know it's a scary line. But I'm taking Creighton tonight, the better team, on the money line. Max, your best bet. Interesting. Providence, tough place to play. But I, I, they I have not been, not been good with Devin Carter out. So I, I agree with you there, William. Yeah, five and, I think they're 5-6 and six in conference play. Um uh, so I look. I think Crane's the better team. You've got to bounce back after a home loss to Butler, um, and I think the the combination of Kalkbrenner and um, and Trey Alexander and all those guys. I think they're the clear better team. I know it's a scary line. I know it's kind of a square play, but I do like Crane. Yeah, mine is the under in Northwestern Nebraska. I got it at one forty three. I think it's down around one forty one and a half now. Um, at least it was about an hour or two ago. And this is a game that both these teams are, however you want to, bottom or top 30 in, in time possession. So they're, they're very slow offensively. They like to eat into the shot clock, which naturally is going to produce a more low-scoring game. Um, and the Northwestern has really shot the cover off the ball at 44% rate from three in conference play, despite their open rate only being 21%. So I'm kind of banking on a little bit of a regression here and limited possessions, them not hitting 40% of their threes. And North in Nebraska as well, on the road, is just outside of that game against Illinois last week, which, you know, it was recent, but they've yet to win a game away from Lincoln, Nebraska, a true road game at that. And their offense is most of the times not shown up in these situations. So I think you combine the slow tempo and Northwestern's kind of luckiness so far on the offensive end and take the under there. Uh, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna go to the Creighton game as well, but I took them on the spread uh, minus two and a half. Uh, that's a really small number, um, especially being on the road at a place where they have not been great in conference play. Uh, and like you said, they need a bounce back. I mean, a heartbreaking home loss to Butler. Yeah, uh, need to bounce back. Uh, all respect to to Kim English at Providence, but uh, Creighton they need this one. Uh, take them minus two and a half. Yeah. Uh, next one for me, Auburn minus five and a half. A big rivalry game tonight in the jungle. 
Um, Pearl's team is fourth in adjusted defensive efficiency and 12th in offensive efficiency. Uh, good reason to believe this is a good spot for Auburn. Um, bounce back game, uh, or I guess not a bounce back game, but a an opportunity to get some um, uh, get them back after a, a loss against Alabama a couple weeks ago. A very close contest that Auburn really let slip away. Alabama's vulnerable inside. I, I look for uh, Johnny Broom and, and Jalen Williams to have good nights offensively. Um, also, they're playing at home. We were talking earlier how hard it is to play on on the road in college basketball, let alone at Auburn. Um, rivalry game, a good opportunity to get some revenge. I, I like Auburn five and a half tonight. Yeah, mine, I, I'm going to take Wisconsin. I got it five and a half. It's up to seven and a half now, which that number isn't as favorable. Um, if you want to buy it down a little bit, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But Michigan is in free fall. Jawan Howard is just, you know, playing out the string here. He's going to be gone in about a month. And, you know, his program last couple years has been in the news for all the wrong reasons. They are a seven-win team right now. Uh, the, the the students are not showing up. This home court advantage, it's not. there's not going to be much of that. Uh, and they, they've had a propensity to blow second-half leads as well, yeah. which just crushes a team. And, and Wisconsin, I know they've had a little bit of a – they've lost two in a row here at Nebraska. They lost to Purdue last week. But those teams are on another level compared to Michigan this year. Michigan is bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. So Wisconsin, the better team and the talent shows up in this one. They went on the road against an unmotivated Michigan team. We're on the same track apparently. I, I actually took Bama in this game though, plus oh, five no. and a half. Uh, oh. Only because of the five and a half. I'm not saying they win the game. I think they cover five and a half though. Uh, Auburn probably wins this game, but I think it's a one-score game. The game in Tuscaloosa came down to a, a late one-score game as Auburn kind of crawled back in that mm-hmm. one late. Very tough place to play, uh, but Bama has been playing even better than they were when they when they saw Tennessee. Yeah, uh, a, a huge win over South Carolina. A huge win over a really good South Carolina team. Uh, obviously, won this game already at home in Tuscaloosa, and now an opportunity to go on the night, uh, go on the road, and have a big night with Mark Sears and have a statement uh, in the jungle in Auburn. Yeah, they've been really hot as of late. Uh, any more picks for you guys? Max, you got another one? Just uh, one hockey one. Minnesota Wild minus one and a half tonight. Not sure how many people are betting hockey, but I <laughs> for, for whatever yeah. reason I uh, have had success betting on hockey. The Wild, the Blackhawks are the worst team in the NHL. The Wild are going on the road. The Blackhawks' blessed player Connor Bedard is out. Um, and one and a half, you get plus odds at plus 140. I love one and a half uh, spread bets in hockey because most of the times an empty net dictates that. So a team, Minnesota, could be up one goal for 58 of the 60 minutes, then Chicago pulls their goalie and they get a a cheap one to cover. So wild minus one and a half. Uh, Last one for me is heat minus eight and a half at home against the Spurs. We talked about the heat last week, uh, how they need to rebound. They've done so three out of four Mm -hmm. of their last uh, wins. Uh, They scored triple digits in seven straight. Their offense is figuring something out. Uh, I don't think they're back to where they need to be, but they're getting there. It's a bad Spurs team. Uh, Eight and a half at home. I think it's a good opportunity for them to make another statement coming off a 26-point home win against the Orlando Magic. Beat down. Uh, Yeah, a massive win at home that saw them uh, both play well on defense and score over 120 for the first time what felt like a while. Yeah. Um, So it's a huge opportunity. I like them at home minus eight and a half. All right, quick whip around real quick. All right, Crane Moneyline for me. Auburn minus one and – or excuse me, minus five and a half. Uh, Crane money line, Auburn minus five and a half. Max, your three. Minnesota Wild minus one and a half. Wisconsin minus seven and a half. And the under Nebraska Northwestern, whatever. It's 141 and a half, something like that. Uh, Bama plus five and a half. Creighton minus two and a half. Heat minus eight and a half for me. 
All right, that is going to wrap up our number one here on Overtime. Vols set to tip off in about five minutes with LSU. When we come back, we'll talk about how the Chiefs have been defending the kingdom. Stay right here on Overtime.